Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me on the show again today. As you know, we are currently traveling around parts of Asia and this week saw us move to Cambodia and Siem Reap in particular. What a magical place this is with the Angkor Wat temple, a world heritage site and also a candidate for the eighth wonder of the world as well. Sunrise at the temple, with its pinkish hues behind the five towers reflecting in the lake, is a sight that will live long in the memory, I have to say. Anyway, this is not intended to be a travel podcast, although I do hope the extra dimension resulting from my travels is adding a little bit, at least to the curiosity value. So let's try and draw a link to property investing, shall we, in the main discussion of the show today. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. I will come back to Cambodia in a short while, but first I wanted to give a brief overview of a couple of deals I've been working on of late and uh, I've been tied up a little bit and they've uh, they've been a little bit up and down and they've proved a little bit challenging for a couple of reasons as well, so I'll share a little bit about them. I'm going to do a longer update on some of my most recent activities a little later. However, given this is intended to be a soundbite episode, here is just a quick summary of a couple of deals that I've been working on lately, for better or for worse. (laughs) The first is an instalment purchase agreement using vendor finance. Okay, so that's already quite creative, isn't it? But then if you add into the mix the fact that the properties concerned are actually in Florida in the USA, and it gets even more interesting. Yes, I'm buying a couple of condos or apartments in Orlando. They're not the Disney target catchment area, rather they're aimed at providing long-term rentals to local Orlando folk instead. Now here's a brief outline of the deals. I'm buying the properties by monthly installments over 15 years, and the net cash flow position is slightly negative at around $100 a month um, in a negative position as I mentioned. However, when you factor in rental inflation, which will bring the uh, the rent up over, over time, and the fact that the properties will be owned outright fully after 15 years, I'm pretty happy with that, I have to say. In addition, there's no deposit to pay, although there are some fees up front, and that includes sourcing fees and indeed legal fees. And of course, I carry any currency risk as well between the pound and the dollar. Now, the trickiest parts of me doing these deals were in two main respects. First, I had not seen the properties myself, (laughs) gulp, so I had them inspected and also sought some warranties from the vendor as to their condition, which brings me on to the second point. The second issue is that I I had um, some issues with the legal contract. To say it was heavily one-sided and weighted in the favour of the vendor is something of an understatement. I spent quite a bit of time renegotiating the terms of the contract and was not swayed by the claims from the vendor's agent that all the other investors have signed it without amendment. I can be a bit of a dog with a bone when it comes to legal agreements and I was not going to sign a contract that had no statement or warranty over the condition of the property, 
a one-way indemnity clause, and a waiver of all claims against the vendor on my part. No, 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 no. <laughs> As a result of the contractual changes, the deal dragged on a little bit longer than perhaps it, uh, it would have uh, by everybody's estimation, but we got there in the end. And I've just taken ownership of two Orlando condos to add some further country diversification to my property portfolio as well. So that was the first deal. The second deal I wanted to talk about was a couple of lease option deals in Liverpool that I agreed to proceed with around Christmas. However, these have not turned out to be quite as good as I was led to believe, and so I have managed to extricate myself from them, although that proved to be quite a challenge, as you will hear. The, the deals were for two terraced properties in Liverpool with a 10-year option to buy the properties for less than the owner paid for them, albeit at the peak of the market in 2007. They were both cash flow positive and they had a payback period of around two years on, based on my upfront cash investment. So far, so good then. So what went wrong? Well, really the problem lay with the description of the condition of the properties. One was described as good and ready to let, and it pretty much was, to be fair. However, the second one was described as needing some, and I quote, light cosmetic decoration to it. I had a figure of £500 written down from my first conversation with the sourcer, although he later backtracked on that figure and claimed he said £1,500 instead, so let's give him the benefit of the doubt in, on that point. But I had, I had uh, no problem with either of those two figures in reality. The deal still stacked up based on these, either of these numbers. However, that, that, uh, what was described rather as minor cosmetic work by the sourcer was in fact quite an extensive list of remedial works after what looked like the leftovers of a visit from Jack Nicholson from The Shining. Walls were stripped of their plaster, and in some cases were missing altogether. The banister had totally disappeared, all the radiators had been pulled off the wall, damaging the pipework in the process. The electric sockets had all been pulled off the wall, holes were kicked and punched in most walls, and even the odd ceiling. Kitchen units were pulled off, the bath was full of old rubbish, water, and even a radiator, and goodness knows what else as well. There was evidence of damp, and the roof and guttering was not in great shape either. The back garden was more like the local tip than a garden, and so on. Never in your wildest dreams could you say the level of work required was only cosmetic. However, this became a point of contention between me and the sourcer, who was reluctant to let me back out the deal and return my fee, given that he insisted his description was fair and accurate. But more on that in a minute. Now, I was quoted around 12k, believe it or not, to put the property back into a rental condition, so there was no way the deal was going to work on that basis. And the main issue I had, as I mentioned, was with this particular source's attitude and insistence that, you know, light, um, uh, light cosmetic work, were, you know, in his mind or his description, was not the same in mine. And he maintained that the works were, were, you know, extreme, were, were just cosmetic, despite a local agent refusing to take the property onto their books and describing it as the worst they'd ever seen. And you have to bear in mind they operate in this delightful part of Liverpool as well. So they've probably seen one or two bad ones. Also, the quote of 12k was rubbished, and alternative quotes, in inverted commas, of 4k and nearly 2k were produced although they did not address all of the issues that I'd identified and spotted with the property. And it should also be noted that the sourcer did not provide any internal photographs before uh, committing to proceed. Now rather cleverly, the sourcer had worded his fee agreement to say that the, the fee was only refundable if the vendor was to pull out after uh, commitment. 
i.e. not if I was to pull out. Added to this fact is that the fee had to be paid in full and in advance. Now I don't mind sharing with you that you should not work this way with a reputable sourcer and nor do I under normal circumstances. However on this occasion I had negotiated a two-for-one deal with the sourcer so in effect I'd got two properties for the price of one sourcing fee and, um, and I agreed to pay the, the upfront for, uh, fee in return for that. Anyway, to cut a long story short, I did manage to position myself with the vendor in such a way that they decided to withdraw from the transactions rather than me, and so I was free and clear to receive the full refund of my sourcing fee then. I'm sure I would have had a, a legitimate case to reclaim the fee in any event via the courts, but uh, this is best avoided for a number of reasons, as I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll understand. Now, I guess the moral of these two stories about these two deals is, as always, do your full due diligence on all aspects of any deal you plan to get involved with. Now, this obviously includes the property itself, but also the people concerned as well. Now, if you want to know more about either of these deals, then by all means, drop me an email, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, and we can have a natter about them and uh, how I manage to structure the deals and protect myself at the same time. Okay, so I've rattled on a little bit. Uh, even by my soundbite, even with my soundbites head on rather. So in brief, I wanted to share a short reflection from my trip to Cambodia. Now as I mentioned earlier, I visited Siem Reap in Cambodia and whilst there I had a guide who took us around uh, the ancient monuments and temples there. Now Bun Leap was his name and he's a 40 year old man, he's married with three young daughters. His story is fascinating really. He left school early and without finishing his education to take, or take up arms and fight against the evil dictator Pol Pot, who has been accredited with wiping out 25% of Cambodia's population, or around 2 million people, including uh, Bun Leap's grandparents and many people he knew as well. Bun Leap still has a lot of shrapnel in his body from the war and the wounds that he encountered, but he was one of the lucky ones who managed to avoid being killed or maimed by one of the thousands of landmines uh, landmines rather that were left. He then taught himself both English and indeed Spanish, mainly from books and the internet, before retraining as a travel guide after leaving the army. He's a humble man, but quite a character as well, and he's trying to encourage his children to get the best education they can so they can have better opportunities in life than he did um, at the normal school leaving age. And he also shared with us some of his teachings, sorry, not his, but some of the teachings of Buddhism, given that uh, this was relevant to our tour, because some of the temples, of course, were Buddhist temples. Well, now what struck me in particular was the notion of karma, or what you give out, you get back. Many of the Cambodian people are Buddhists, and they share this idea of karma as a result. And I was reflecting on the meaning of karma myself over the course of this week. And I think, whether, whether or not we happen to be Buddhists, there's a lot of truth in the concept. Just as we sow, we also reap. And if we put out good energy, or do good unto others, good will also return unto us. And of course, the opposite is also true, I believe. Now I'm not about to convert to Buddhism anytime soon, however it did make me stop for a moment and think about the idea of karma a little bit. What if it is true and you are paid back in kind for your previous actions, be they good or bad? Regardless of fear of the consequences, I believe this is a truism and a reflection of human nature and we do ultimately get back what we give out. It's quite a deep and profound concept when you stop and think about it, isn't it?
Okay, so given time and my pressing itinerary, I will I'll call this uh, episode quits for now, and uh, we'll leave things there for now for this point. But if there's any aspect of today's show that is stirred your that has stirred your thoughts, be it how to get involved in instalment contract deals in the U.S., how to avoid being bitten by the sharks with deal sources, or if you happen to share some of the same philosophy as me, then by all means do get in touch. I'd like very much to hear from you. Now I'll be back next week with another soundbite episode, so I look forward to you joining me then. And you can always drop me an email, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, and as ever, the show notes will be on the website, thepropertyvoice.net. Meanwhile, as always, thank you very much for joining me on the show today, and until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.